0: Here we go. All right, Mr. Corin Silver. And in five, four, three, two, and one, Mr. Corin Silver, welcome to Cam Talks. Hello, hello. Hello. hello.
1: Well, w- welcome to you.
0: Welcome to me. Yeah. Welcome to me. How are you? I'm good, how are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, very good to have you here in the hot seat. I'm really disappointed that we couldn't get you on episode one. You yeah. know, it's going to be episode three, but look. The reason for that is because we've always done a lot of things new together, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is why I thought it'd be great to bring you in today and talk a little bit about our past, our futures, you know, we have a lot of these conversations. So- We've we've,
1: had some memories, haven't
0: we? We've had some serious memories, Mr. Coren Silver, and I'm sure anyone listening is gonna find some of the stories horrific. And happy and.
1: I've repressed most of it anyway, so
0: it's fine. That's all right. Scratch them from your your mind. So look, Corin, uh, why don't you just explain to f- to people who you are, what you do, just very very quickly. Come on. Um,
1: I'm Corin. I'm an actor. I, uh... Is your phone
0: on? Oh, I'm so sorry. I mean, just t- turn that on silent. That's Oh it is, isn't I it? Don't know. Why. I
1: can't wait. Like... <laughs> Easy.
0: Um so the thing is is that dude, this is a podcast, you know, you're an actor, so you're used to getting your lines in front of you, you're used to doing all the rehearsals. Well look, there's no acting here. You know, I have to warn you now that, you know, this is a podcast, so people don't wanna, you know, see anything that's not real and organic. So To be fair,
1: yeah, just, it does already does feel a bit odd. I, yeah? mean, I need to I need to I
0: need to I mean how would you normally prepare for for a, you know any anything you're doing with a film or a theatre play? How would you prepare?
1: Uh, Depends. I mean, if it was before I met with the director, then I guess I'd just read it a million times, and then you just see what comes. You see what makes people. I've
0: see seen you people. reading your scripts, man. Like you, you take it quite seriously. Do you always get into the method acting?
1: <laughs> uh, the method is, I don't know. It's quite a broad term of different people's some amalgamations of everything. But uh, I don't know. It depends. It just depends everything the director the script the character i don't really have i preferred term. i just when i get a new script i'll read it a million times and then i'll just try and crack the character i'll try and crack the the base of them and then things fall into place the base.
0: the base the base do you like this base Unlikely. the base mm. it's lovely isn't it um, yeah it's we nostalgic yeah, someone else suggested that, you know. I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm quite happy to see where this uh, series takes us. Um, but look, so you're an actor. What What is it that first kind of got you into acting in the first
1: place? Um, I don't know, actually. I think I was just uh, really good. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, uh, maybe it was partly me being dead fat at school. But I always just used to go up for roles. I was just loud, trying to make people laugh. Go up for roles and... I'm guessing I, don't, I think it was more that no one else went up for him more than I was just like amazing. Well, when How when I you
0: say fat, me. I mean like because you, you're looking pretty trim now. What's uh, what do you mean by fat?
1: I was I was obese. I was morbidly obese as a child. Morbidly. Morbidly. Wow. They used to do this thing at Mackey's called a mega Mac meal. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They got rid of it now. probably, but it was uh, it was four burgers three pieces of like a big mac with two with two extra burgers in it and i used to get a mega mac meal large with coke and then i would also get on the side a mega mac
0: wow yeah. so i mean you, you obviously uh you know so you've got a few insecurities um stemming from your childhood obviously um what was it that that kind of made you change because i have seen a photo of you as a as a young porker um but you know like we'll we'll have embarrassing times when we're younger what is it that made you kind of get into shape and i mean did you ever I, decide
1: no i didn't even try i mean this last week yes i've actually for the first time in my life counted calories and meant it because of a potential role which is okay uh, yeah. yeah 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 i don't know anything else about it but we'll see but uh getting into shape like actually losing stop stopping being obese that was just like i think i just played out more on some holidays during the rugby team i was always bigger than him as well because i was fat it was me and these two other guys off Mellis. we were the biggest so we played rugby all of us and we could just score tries at will then I was completely out of breath for like 10 minutes. So <laughs> I used to just wipe the floor with everyone. There were glory days. There wow, were, wow. So
0: you were always one of the big boys then? Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily tall, but you you were you were a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, absolutely. Amazing. So look, I mean, most <laughs> you can people... can not away
1: from me for longer than 10
0: seconds and you can't... And that's it, that's know. it. But but it's that initial few seconds that, that you know, you're a challenger, right? Oh, yeah. Well, look, dude, you, you obviously have a lot uh, a, a lot of differences and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that, that for you is very unique. The first thing I could say is that you sound very northern. Mm. Uh, explain to people where you're from.
1: I'm from the picturesque town of Warrington, originally.
0: Wow, what's Warrington famous for? The Wire. The Wire, <laughs> as in the show?
1: No. Yeah, yeah, it's filmed in Warrington. It's set in Baltimore, but it's filmed in Warrington. <laughs> it's in Warrington oh, say.
0: and they didn't decide to cast you in it because you were a baby.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, obviously, I yeah, missed it, missed out on that. Bullshit, yeah. top agent. But um, no, Warrington is uh, it's cute. I think it's the second biggest town in England. It's in between Manchester and Liverpool, right in the middle, 15 miles from each, and uh, it's getting bigger. It's, it's all right. It's all right. It's in Cheshire, though, darling. So, darling,
0: yeah. like the real Housewives. Yeah, that's right. Lovely. They and obviously. asked me to
1: be on that when I was, like, just starting out, and that show started out, because I was an essay for a while, an extra.
0: An essay? essay. Why do they call them essays? Essay.
1: Uh, a supporting artist. Ah,
0: so, I like see. It. It's a bit of a derogatory term, isn't it? You know, hey, essay, get essay. over here. Yeah, not
1: like a Latin American gangster. <laughs> like, uh, <not> that. <laughs> essay. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, then they used to ask me, so... He just proves that all those reality shows are bullshit because they actually just get in young actors and whatnot to be everyone that they meet on these nights out and whatnot. Yeah, it's all acting. Everyone that they meet on these reality shows is an actor.
0: So, I mean, essays, extras, supporting roles, whatever you want to call them, is that the thing that kind of got you into looking for the main roles or was it something else?
1: That was me just procrastinating hard. It was just me, like, not wanting to take the jump of oh shit I love acting I need to do this forever there's nothing else I want to do because like you know when I was in school I was thinking like I was always in the I was always the lead role but I was thinking like telling people I want to be a chef oh wow yeah everyone trusts
0: trust trust a a fat chef right yeah Yeah, of course
1: that's a classic rule but uh, I always people I want to be a chef I want to be a a a tropical vet wow snakes and I used to have pet snakes but um I, and then throughout all this, I didn't do anything toward that, except cook at home. I didn't treat any tropical animals. And then I was always just in the place, and I only realised it like, too late, annoyingly, um, that, I, that acting is an actual path, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do
0: you remember what your first role was as an actor? Uh,
1: yeah, I think, I, think it was, I was the king in the nativity.
0: Costume, mm. Do they have kings? Oh, there three do of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. not quite i think i was actually one of the shepherds in that you know but um i didn't know what was going on at the time i was pretty young pretty young had a tea towel on my head so look i mean so it started from an early age is there any movies or inspirations that kind of like made you want to pursue this as a full-time career
1: oh i don't know maybe I, I remember watching there will be blood and seeing obviously it's an oscar-winning performance yeah the yeah movies, yeah but it's so i remember watching that at the cinema So I must have been quite young that was
0: Top notch. What what do you think of Daniel Day Lewis? I mean, I can't ever recognise him in films, and yet he's won probably the most amount of Oscars ever.
1: uh, What, three 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 actors in a leading role, which is more than anyone? Wow, mm-hmm. Denzel's there too.
0: And what do you think is it about Daniel Day Lewis that actually allows him to to get into these roles? Because obviously, I, I'm not an actor. I don't really, uh, I don't really understand actors. You, you know me. I mean, I'm a filmmaker, but you know, without being too derogatory, you know, you are meat puppets. So you, you just you, you you have to hit your cues and you speak your lines. Well, look, the the point is, is that someone like Daniel Day-Lewis obviously has a huge uh, amount of talent behind him, but every role he chooses just tends to be completely polar opposite. So is there something about that method of acting that, um, you know, makes it unique?
1: Well, I think the fact that he's so picky, he loves his craft so much, he loves acting, you know, he's, he's so invested. But he's not just like, he's really not, it doesn't seem like anyway, that he doesn't give a shit about the fame side mm-hmm. or, or even the, any of the social side of it he just has to perform and when he does it he goes so far in because he's so obsessed that he comes out with some of the best the, some of the best things you've ever seen yeah and they, they, obviously they're completely completely different uh, act, they're just groundbreaking I mean
0: he role. did Gangs of New York right He yeah. was um, he was Bill the butcher. butcher Bill the butcher what a role man what an absolute role and I think this is it What's like easy? scorsese and, and leo you know and also uh and who else oh mm, I, I was a little bit um miss cameron what's her name uh oh, cameron diaz. bloody cameron diaz i thought she was a. Camerons. well you know you're on cam talks now mate so watch <laughs> yourself um but no i think uh cameron diaz really wasn't i don't know whether she wasn't right for the film but i think it's just because you uh, know
1: well she has she has a presence and that's what you gotta think about when it comes to casting as well it's not just like it's not just whether or not they are—they're perfect. Like mm. she was playing this Jezebel thief. I, I read up actually; she actually got trained by a world-renowned pickpocket and thief. Really? Yeah, yeah. you trained her for like. Okay, yeah, yeah. And how to actually, grift someone. Nice. Um, yeah, maybe that's the thing when you got to think about recasting. It it's, it's not just if you're good and if you're gorgeous and if you—you know—got the energy for it. Mm. But then it's also what you bring from what kind of baggage you bring socially yeah
0: like do they get on you know yeah, do the yeah. actors get on but,
1: but you've seen her in Charlie's Angels and you've seen her in you
0: know all that kind of job she, she yeah yeah she was in Charlie's Angels Yeah, yeah of course of course she's a blonde I know, I one she's me. always a blonde one yeah do you know what that was a classic and I think that was the start of Ben Stiller's career really starting to, to yeah, take off yeah. he's he's someone that I consider a real rainmaker you know if, if he wants it to rain Rainmaker. Rainmakers are people so, where, you know, James Cameron, Rainmaker, um, bloody, you know, anyone in the industry that has their own studio, bloody Happy Tom, Gilmore, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise mm-hmm. you know. But you get to that level, right? Eventually you get to the level of, you know, if I want a project, I'll make the project happen, right? Mm-hmm. And is that something that you've ever wanted to do, you know, go beyond the camera and, and make your own projects, or is it always kind of wanted to be in the main roles? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes supporting roles are great because a lead has got. You know, you got a lot of um, you got a lot of be- weight on you if you're the lead, mm-hmm. especially if you're just a straight hero. If you're not like an anti-hero or a villainous type. But if you're the lead, then you've got a lot to carry in terms of what the film needs to do. Whereas if you're a really good supporting role, you know that's that's great. That's that can be not not an essay I've like been talking about. Like a you know. A, co-lead or whatever or side role i feel you man i feel you I, I, you, can, you can play with it more because you don't have that you just have to be you and you're only in it for 20 percent of the movie
0: yeah yeah yeah, of course but how does it feel not having that control over you know your next project because essentially you you have an agent right yeah and so your agent does what for you um they uh, put my name forward for things on spotlight
1: and you know keep the to the ground when it comes to new, new jobs
0: and and do you ever get to choose what kind of jobs that you want to go for? obviously we spoke um before about the new Game of Thrones prequel and how you'd love to be part of that, and also the Lord of the Rings uh, show on Amazon you you always wanted Lord these: of the Rings.
1: Anyone seen that? Maybe I
0: in Theo, maybe, I yeah, well, this is it. Shout out, shout out because corin silver you yes, you take your goals very seriously, right yeah, yeah you actually have a, you have a goal book I do yeah I
1: think I, I have, uh, yeah, I just finished. Just finished one. Now I'm
0: on to the next. So you see, so you finish a whole goal book and then you move on, right? Yeah. And do any of those goals get completed or are they kind of future goals? How they, do you
1: They're in the future, uh, but they're written as if I've already completed them Oh, interesting. Actually, big ass goals, big things that you've not achieved yet, but heading towards.
0: And of course one of them was to be a lead character in the Lord of the Rings series, right? And keep
1: it there, man.
0: But look, I heard yeah. a, a vicious yeah. rumour that the Lord of the Rings series have already cast uh
1: Well, there's five seasons.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, look. I mean, the
1: they got to get moving. I
0: know that. I, dude, I, I find it fascinating because uh you know, as a filmmaker, I'm very much in charge of my own projects. I can go and just like make a film tomorrow. But you're very much at the beck and call of producers, casting directors, agents. You know, how exactly um do you approach this industry? Knowing that there's so many other people that have to support you, um, Corin, that's your phone. That's, not my that's definitely oh, your no, phone. Jesus! I gotta start the interview. You told me that was my phone. I knew it wasn't my it was phone. So
1: at
0: the start, it was uh, the the real point is that you've got a lot of other people working around you: agents, producers, casting directors. Uh, how do you ensure that you're moving forward as an actor and that you're not just relying on other people to make your dreams for you?
1: Uh, well, I think I'm I and mean, these are, these are these are new things maybe like this year, but I just I've become hell bent on just doing it myself too. Like as much as everyone. You know around you does that you no one's gonna no one's gonna call you no one's just gonna give you a part like you know just, if they don't know you of course you can be lucky and then you get seen and then but now i'm just I need to do it myself so mm-hmm. I'm just uh, the latest thing I've been hitting up is just like emails just emails yeah just, yeah I'm seeing great films online and instead of just watching something passively mm-hmm. now I'm just like I'm looking at it and I'm like oh well, they did this who cast it, who directed? What did they win? Where did they go in? What's the next film? And then I just came in contact with them, and I've, just from starting it, you know, at first it was like you just got, a, you had know, this apprehension because um, you don't know these people, you've never really done this before. But sending the emails and then getting a response, and as soon as you get one, you're just like, oh yeah, amazing, yeah, so, yeah. This is so the right way to go forward, and I'm talking to a new director that we've never met. I've been for pints with a couple. Coffees with others, <laughs> and then you know it's, it's been good. I've made loads of new mates, and it's been great. And then yeah. also working on social media as well. Uh, that's only been I've been doing that for like. Bit, yeah. Only on Instagram, to be fair. rubbish. I can't, I, just can't, I can't stay in the loop that much. I really can. Well, I
0: mean, it's interesting because you're actually probably one of the most proactive people I know on social media well, who... I mean, look, let's face well, it, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, this guy is killing Instagram. So as an actor, you're always having to find new ways of, of getting yourself out there, getting seen by people. Tell me about your Instagram strategy because it, it's, it's quite a unique strategy and obviously a lot of people follow you and, and they engage with you a lot. Yeah.
1: Um, well... This was uh, your idea, actually. <laughs> it
0: was my idea, but look, I mean, but but honestly, with ideas are nothing, Implementations, everything. You know, you have implemented quite a unique Instagram strategy, so give us a lowdown on, on what it is exactly.
1: Well, I just, I don't know, I just started doing scenes, mostly monologues. I, to be fair, I'd like to change to scenes, so if anyone wants to shoot a scene, we'll stick it on Instagram, let's do it. But um, yeah, I don't know, I just thought, well, when we were talking, just scenes from movies. Cut them up, stick them on my uh, Insta story, and um, yeah, just give them give them a shot. But the only the, you know I, I learn them in like an hour, and then just film it. And the first good take, I just upload because it's not really about me nailing it because it's already been nailed by, you know, the original whoever was casting it. I'm just doing it to just stay active. And yeah. at first I thought, oh yeah, this will this will people see this and people will, and you know they probably have, but. Afterwards, like in retrospect, thinking about it now, it's just... It just keeps you sharp. Yeah, and of course, you you know
0: you actually get to have a lot of feedback, right? Because, I mean, I've called you a piece of shit on Instagram many times because I've seen a performance that I just didn't think was, was, you know, was enough. But that's because you're doing it every single day. So, I I mean, you did used to do two a day. But I love it because, you know, and a lot of it's down to the film. Like, if you're doing The Grinch, which was a really good one, by the way, or Training Day or, like, you know, like, if someone loves that film and they've just seen you perform one of the best scenes in it, they engage with you, right? Mm. And, and how, how much engagement do you get from people from these videos? Yeah,
1: really good. It's, it's been nice. Just, again, I've met loads of people. People, like, hit me up saying, you know, from all over the world saying, love that, love this. And it's just nice to chat to. I mean, maybe we'll never work together, but if I'm ever in New York, LA, I'm planning on being British. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've got all these these new guys that I've never, yeah. I, I didn't know before until I started actively doing social media. And it sounds so obvious. I mean, that's the whole point of social media. Right, yeah, so I yeah. I never hit it up with, a, you know, with
0: the intention of making it work for my career. Well, what kind of feedback do you get from people? Because obviously, you know, I, I'm very constructive feedback. I'm a filmmaker. Oh, yeah. but Do you get fans? Sure, yeah. Are you, are you fans? Do you have followers? who yeah. just.
1: I mean, yeah, some people like say, oh, I like this one, I like that one. And because, you know, our messages are about that and other stuff as well, but they'll constantly update it. Some of my boys <clears> back <throat> home as well, they, they love it because they're just not in the industry, but all my old old mates from uh, from school and whatnot, and they're just like, they just, I love, I love their reviews because they just tell it whatever, the, whatever that's on their mind. they like, yeah, smash that bus, loved it, meant that. And, love, um, it. Like, I love it. Doesn't know in-depth film analysis or anything like
0: that. No, of course not, because, you know, like you move people's emotions in a, in a few seconds and I think that's the best thing. I guess um, they're also very well filmed. You know, they're very well composed. They're the, it looks like you've, you've got a bit of a setup. Uh, tell us about the setup. How do you create these videos? So, so what is this? this?
1: This is the guy. So this one's new, um, but I've always had just that. I used to get them at just wish.com, just cheap-ass ones, but this is Joby Official. A Joby, Joby. Official. And uh, Gorillapod, which grabs onto things like lampposts and whatnot. And then you click phone in, and then it's also got... oh.
0: The Little remote thing, so yeah, so, yeah. yeah. there you go. And
1: then this guy connects to the phone Bluetooth. This is a new feature. This is me getting a bit classic. This is
0: fancier, fancy, fancy equipment, man.
1: Yeah, and then this obviously does makes it start recording, stop yeah, yeah, yeah. recording. So I can just set this up. And it's also
0: oh, oh it's it's magnetic, so you yeah. can you could actually attach it but to the microphone.
1: Nice.
0: It's quite nice. That's two thousand and one. Get Stanley in here. But look, this all this all equipment looks very expensive, man. How do you afford this kind of stuff? Uh, This one was a gift. Oh, who who gave you that gift? Uh, This guy. This guy. This guy. I'll tell you a little story about this little uh, Gorillapod because um, you know, without him having to say it, you know, I did give it to him as a gift. Uh, His best friend, uh, mentor, manager, Broski, decided that um, yeah to congratulate you on getting your agent you know i know you've been with a few agents but now obviously this is one that you you really have a lot of faith in yes. uh, i decided to, to give you a piece of equipment that was actually going to help you know on this journey and thank you for following the strategy right because you know i do content marketing for many people and obviously do a lot of strategy for people who can't quite afford the implementation but not a lot of people follow a strategy when you give it to them and i think it's fair to say it took you a while to actually trust my strategy was that right
1: Bit. And no, I've always trusted you and I've always trusted elements but I question everything, so you
0: know. Perfect. Well look, I mean the point is that you film very well, not only because, you know, you're used to being on camera, but you are a good filmmaker as well, right? You've you've made films in the past. Uh,
1: yeah. I don't think we've uh, completed one as of yet. But I, I do love film. I love filmmaking. I do I'd I would make film and I'm like, you know, I've written a few scripts, which is I'd rather do now is just write a script mm. and then hand it over to filmmakers, uh you know, just to just to do it because people are better than me now, a lot better. Than yeah, me. of course. Back in the day when I could just grab a camera and whatnot, then it could kind of work. But now everyone's specialised. But well, that's it. I, I only write scripts for the same reason every
0: actor writes scripts, which is so they can be in it. <laughs> ah, I see. I see. Well, look, we, we worked on a few projects together, so why don't we dive into oh, to, to them? I'd say the first time I ever met you, Corin Silva, you walked into a casting uh, call that we or an edition that that, that we put out a, a casting call for, um, and the role I believe was for a nineteen forties gangster villain, um, and of course uh, you came straight into the room and you know without you know engaging with with myself and the director on a personal level, you kind of just went straight into this uh, yeah. incredible New York accent, and you kind of just sat there, you kind of brushed off, you know, all the pressures you had before, and you were just like, yo, hello, you know, in fact, give us a little uh, rundown on what that first audition was like. I
1: don't, um, I don't remember what it was, it might have been like, was it Goodfellas or
0: something? No, no, well, the, the, the film, the project was called um, A Fairy Tale in New York, oh, and yeah, it was... You
1: did direct Goodfellas, I mean, the, my issue was at Goodfellas.
0: I think goodfellas. It, was like yeah. it was something like that, it was something like that, but... Come on, give us give us your New York accent.
1: Oh no.
0: <laughs> Look at this, man. Like you, you, you're an actor, you should be able to do this. I
1: know but Oh,
0: you and the people shoot eating the bagels. See, that's what happens when you don't wear, is
1: shit.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not an actor, man. I'm behind the camera, you know. I, I get to to experience life uh, in four, you know, boxes out of four, you know, straight lines. Uh-huh. I get to really have a, a lot of fun because, you know, as a filmmaker, I get to look at other actors as well, no offense. Um, but I get it's to good. imagine them in different roles. But every time that I imagine you, you're just my friend, man. You know? That's good. Just my friend.
1: Good. I mean, yeah, I can, I can do other things.
0: It's also weird seeing you in other people's films as well because like I know you I get a little bit jealous I get a little bit jealous, (laughs) but no, so that was the first project we ever did together um, And it was a really serious storyline. I I think that involved, um, you know some kind of rape scene, which was uh, incredibly hard to film and you know for you as an actor How do you prepare for a scene with so much sensitivity and obviously with a, a You know your your female actress who you guys have to be on the same level, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean Definitely, when it comes, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Cam, uh, it, it, I, I didn't, you know, that one wasn't too, um, that shoot in particular, wasn't too in-depth in terms of...
0: <laughs> well, of course, we were very young. This is, what, exactly. seven years ago?
1: Yeah, of course. And it was, what well, it was, it was, it was, it was based on a song, wasn't it? It was based it on, was
0: the, based on uh, a Mortal, Mortal Techniques. Level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Serious song, that. Yeah, I
1: know, it is. It's heavy and the Mortal Techniques are amazing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for that, I mean, we're all young, of course, but... Uh, there wasn't much preparation because it was just, it was a bit run and gun, wasn't it? It was part of the college, wasn't it? It
0: Yeah, it it was obviously a student film, um, film. you know, but obviously we had a lot of people there because, you know, there was a lot of, i taking
1: it extremely seriously, but sometimes I think, you know, that school, that film school life, sometimes I've seen, this is just another note, but, like, I've seen that people can come in expecting everything to go by the book, whereas actually, you've got to be a bit, free you got to be a bit guerrilla yeah, yeah yeah. always keep a bit of guerrilla mentality like even the even the big dogs in hollywood they they still go out and you know they don't know what's exactly what's going to happen yeah I of course the school can prepare you so well and it, of course it does but then when you get out there on set it's the real it's
0: the real world. well that's it I mean it's a teamwork as well like that's that, that's a whole team process I mean I went to film school um, but it was post-production school right so I studied post-production for TV and film learned how to edit TV film commercial stuff like that and when I worked with people from film schools I found this you know like you know, production schools I found that they were very reluctant to pick up a DSLR very reluctant to use you know the gorilla style you know equipment I believe at one stage um we made a film where we had a big cable dolly so a big piece of rope that went through the forest um and then we had a little I, I built this little diy hook that went on it and we just zipped this that was camera that was it was great you but know, we had about shot. had about 10 people sat around you know wondering yeah, like, what what we're gonna do like
1: you complaining about that's not the way to do it it's like piss off man if we're getting the shot here yeah. and then there's me sprinting down through the woods Diving over logs
0: and shit, that was good times. That it was, so, so Corrin, we, we worked on a project called Mudblood and the Book of Spells. Um, this was a Harry Potter fan film that I uh, wrote, produced and directed along with a, a whole load of other- All oh, um, rights to Warrnabees. All rights to Bros. well this is in, in, interesting because so we tried to, to run a Kickstarter campaign that would uh, initially raise, I think about 30, 40k. Okay. Um, and That's we. Cool we did well we did all right you know his right. so what happened essentially is that we decided to make a trailer for a harry potter fan film um of course we got you down to um you know a park in manchester somewhere i believe it was the week heat and park. He, park absolutely and we basically got you to act this scene with a bunch of snatchers and snatchers are you know the evil villains in harry potter and you know you were playing this uh, character who was uh well, a thief basically you know you were a wizard and thief and you get uh, mugged by some other snatchers. And yeah, we we got you running through the forest um, about, probably about 35 times or something like that. And we had this huge camera following you on a big piece of uh, rope that we literally just tied from tree to tree. And we would throw this camera down and it would just follow you behind. And I remember how hard it was to get it exactly right. The focus was hard, you know, it was very hard to, to get it again and again and again. And the one thing that I realized was that without you, we just wouldn't have been able to go past 10 takes. Every single time you, you and I think the, the 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 scene was that you were to run and you were to fall over, run and you were to fall over, run and you, to fall, over, run and you to fall over. You did that 35 times. But every single time you fell over, you gave it 110%.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, cause, that's because I was having fun, man. And that's it, like, you're not gonna, there's, there's actors out there at the minute, younger than me, older than me probably, that, and I'm, I'm saying this, for, I'm 25, so I don't have that much life experience. But I just feel, I feel that it's true. That if you don't, for example, it's like symbolic of that falling over repeatedly. If that doesn't thrill you, even on the 30th time, then you're not going to do it. You know what I mean? You can't do it because, first of all, just the repetition that you're going to experience. It was intense, man. Rehearsals and on set. But it's yeah. just like, you just, I just love it. I love that. I was enjoying, I enjoyed every one the last one as much as the first. You know what I mean?
0: And did you get any injuries from that shoot? No.
1: I'm bouncy.
0: You're bouncy. All that chub. Oh,
1: shut up! <laughs> <chub at> <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, man. It. And and it was lovely because that was kind of the first project that we kind of came together on, and and we really worked really hard. And obviously, um, yeah, the project itself uh, wasn't successful on Kickstarter. Multiple reasons, uh, including uh, IP cease and assist, I cease and assist Yeah, a phone call from Warner Brothers <laughs> telling me that if this project was to succeed, then we would be in a All financial. Was, was it, sort of a group call? it was terrible, it's man. A group yeah. I read it. But look, I mean, I remember getting a call from Warner Brothers saying that the Kickstarter project for the Harry Potter fan film that we had just uh, put out there was in breach of their IP and and that, you know, don't worry, Cam, because, uh, you know, we see how, how your filmmaking is um, and, we you know, you're on our radar. And by the way, if you want to apply to the Warner Brothers um, Academy. Uh, Academy, the apprenticeship scheme, you know, there you go. And of course, softly, Sorry, softly you. just said, please just cancel that project.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it is their right, but Absolutely. It's, it's a shame that they did that because it wasn't going to be of detriment to the franchise.
0: Well, exactly. It was a really
1: nice trailer. It was on USA Today, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the trailer itself was uh, uh, ABC's Good Morning America. We managed to get it play in that as a Guardian, BBC. We, we managed to get the message out there. And of course, that's why we popped up on Warner Brothers uh, radar. But, you know, even after sending JK the, the script, uh, I believe I sent it in a little parchment paper, like a scroll
1: outside her offices in Soho. Oh, I did. She lives in Soho Yeah, lives in so yeah. So yeah. yeah.
0: Sat there like a dreamy, you know, wide-eyed filmmaker thinking, I'm just gonna grab her on her way in. <laughs> and just hand her this massive script, <laughs> it was uh, it was a fantasy. But look, fan films in, in general have struggled to really take off because, yeah, I mean, the IP is owned by the studios or by, you know, the writers, but George Lucas has done it best. He is really an advocate for Star Wars fan films. Okay. And, you know, I think, I don't know whether it's changed now because of Disney, but essentially, he's all been on the, the lines of, look, if you're a fan of the, the, the film and the franchise, then please go and make your own versions, and that's just going to bolster like our... Of
1: course it does, yeah. You can't there is nothing that can hurt the success of Star Wars exactly yeah You're never going to get affected. there's a brilliant Lord of the Rings uh, fan film called Hunt for Gollum yes I've seen it yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic so isn't it the director's always a good guy um, but it's, it's great So it's, it's a beautiful film it's really good yeah yeah, and, yeah. It. and it's like yeah do it man you love it and plus it was a book first Jeremy totally I
0: know I it's know. like
1: you, you want to be in that world and people want that world more and the only thing that's going to happen if someone enjoys a fan film is they after they watched it, they might be like, oh, God, let's just watch the, let's watch the trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Just buy it on Blu-ray.
0: Well, dude, I mean, it's, it, that was the project that really um, started me off in the the video marketing world because, you know, after getting a huge amount of success, getting the trailer on Good Morning America, seeing your face on the American TV was yeah, incredible. Yeah, good. Um, good you know, getting the project in the BBC, the Times, the Guardian, the Independent, the Hollywood Reporter, um, I then got a message from a PR company to ask me to, to come and do some stuff for the North Face. And this was like my first ever commercial job, right? And I remember being, film school and literally saying to my my film lecturer i've just got this job for the the north face i have no idea what i'm doing like help me you know and i got full support from my film school uh shout out to future works um you know and i remember going down there with a load of kit that had absolutely no idea how to use it and i went into this gym where the client was there and you know i was having to deal with the aircon being on and trying to do interviews with people running on treadmills and you know just all the while having the full support of my film school just to, to distract the client and of course they didn't know i was a film student you know they they asked me if i used to do feature films i'm like <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> uh, but of course then that led on to doing big work for you know Nike cooker Adidas and and all the, yeah all of them man and, and i guess being a filmmaker first was um, what allowed me to move into marketing so so easily and and you know so Think about marketing in, in, in the way um, that you do at the moment, which is that you're very much about your personal brand, right? So getting your face out there into many, many places.
1: Out of obscurity.
0: Out of obscurity. How do you go about documenting other people's projects? Because I know some people are very delicate about, oh, you can't take photos on my project. or you know, Do you think that filmmakers really understand the importance of marketing in the modern day?
1: Um, I mean, maybe. I mean, that's it, on indie films... People people do want to release. I don't get when, like, you know, I'll be on an indie film and they, they've got this, like, NDA job going on. It's like, mate, no one knows us.
0: NDA? So, you mean, like, a non-disclosure yeah, agreement? Yeah,
1: kind of thing, like, don't post anything online.
0: You I mean, like, a, a promise on paper to never screw you over?
1: Yeah, well, kind of. I'm just saying, like, don't post anything on social. You know what I mean? No social. But it's like, I get that for big shows because people are anticipating people write up articles about it and people love to leak that stuff you know there's loads of uh, instagram accounts just for leaking leaked le- leaked uh, <laughs> leaked uh, just for leaked um storylines absolutely of, yeah soaps and you know big shows like thrones and stuff like that and there's load. there's a huge industry for that but and i get so you know keep that under wraps of course you've spent 10 mil or whatever on an episode so mm. keep that under wraps but for for indie films and indie filmmakers, it's like people just want to know. People want to know that shit. Like why you? I don't know why you're trying to hide it. Yeah, oh, man. And people also that the, the I have I've done this and now I'm trying to get away from this a bit. It's just like it's why I didn't film this. I was gonna put this on uh live on Insta live, and I just didn't because a little thing went in my head. Like oh, it's, it might not look good. It might not look cinematic. But that's not the point. Absolutely the point. not. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's just like just just do it because people want to know and like when you wait around being a perfectionist you just procrastinate and Mm -hmm. you think oh no I'll just get my things in line and my website in line and my insta in line before I really start hitting people up and my showreel for actors oh god it's like I mean I've done that too and you know of course you want your showreel to be good but everything's useless if no one knows who you are if you're an actor if you're if you're anything if you're any freelance creative no one knows who you are you're buggered and that's it you're done so you just got to get out and just talk no matter what, yeah. and then problems will come. But the new problems, they're like things that you've never experienced, and then you got to work them out. And then six months down the line of doing that, you'll realize that you know a shitload more people and a lot more... You got a lot more knowledge about the industry, do you know
0: what I mean? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. People are too worried about being perfectionists, you know. I think everyone's really like they everyone wants to show the final product. But you know, the reality is is if we've been with you from, you know, when it was such a rough idea and we got to see behind the scenes, but we got to see your 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 failures, your failures and your successes. Everyone loves outtakes, but more importantly, people want to, to be able to know stuff about projects so that it's it's social currency, right? So, you know, if I found out, you know, and like you said about um, Gangs New York and Cameron Diaz having training by a pickup uh, of a pickpocket, right? You know, knowing that kind of information means I'll go and chat to someone about that information, which in turn will then bring them into the cinema or them to go yeah. and watch the film. Yeah. And this is, I think, where I've struggled with big brands and, uh, you know, big studios now where they're really reluctant to show, you know, the behind the scenes as it happens, because it's all sign off by these people. So, you know, and it sucks because it's really it's a shame, you know, mm. wouldn't you have loved to seen a daily vlog of you know, Game of Thrones? Yeah. You know, seeing, you know, every day a different actor, a different this understanding fully that there are things that you cannot show because well, of whatever yeah,
1: but the, you know you just don't do it on, on when you got a big shoot that day when you got a big scene yeah it's, the, it's, yeah it's radio silence but then yeah you see photos of like the, the lead cast of thrones and they're all you know enemies in the program and they're all like this everybody loves that yeah absolutely because you love them you love those guys so much you yeah, absolutely and
0: you know what, it also encourages collaboration you know when um shows like the jimmy kimball show you get to see that someone's personality oh, in yes. it you can you can eat the chewing gum but only if you you'd eat it away you know don't chew chew because if chew, you chew, chew chew people are going to be like you know what the hell um now this is some serious sensory overload right now um so yeah i'll tell you what have a little chew then then spit it out no, because go. you know um well i wanted to just chat a little bit about you know about becoming a a big star actor because you know game of thrones actors are all set now right You know, like literally every single person who has been in the lead role in Game of Thrones is now looking at a very, you know, prosperous movie career tv career whatever they want to do mm-hmm. i know that Maisie williams has just set up a, a really cool new daisy. company yeah daisy is very, very interesting and i think she's probably one of the only game of thrones um actors that has really embraced the um the younger you know audience and has really kind of helped um you know inspire people inspired she's, cool, man. she's awesome she's really man cool. she's really cool shout out to Maisie. You, yeah, thanks, Maisie. yeah thanks Maisie, for encouraging all of us oh, yeah. to be ourselves Right, because her and Sophie Turner, they have a really good relationship on Game of Thrones, where they're like sisters, and they they get to just, yeah, and- they are literally sisters, you know, in in, in the story. Um, but of course, the other in, interesting thing is that so in the last season of Game of Thrones, and spoiler for anyone that hasn't seen it, um, but of course um, Maisie's character has a sex scene, right? Mm. How important was, do you think that is for her next project?
1: I think yeah, you know what? I think it's really important. I do because I remember uh, thinking that when it happened. And a lot of people, it made a lot of people feel weird because they've known her as a kid and she's, you know, not very tall. So she's always, she's always been the kid. Childlike. Yeah, yeah. She's always, she's always been that, that character. She's always the youngest uh, character in it that you care about. And then for her to have this arc where she becomes this warrior princess and then, and then has that sex scene, I think it is, it's, it's great because you, if she wasn't that, there's a danger for actors. It's like I said, with, with, Cameron getting uh, into that film because she brings this other aura. Whether she brings all the all of her other films sometimes come with her. I see.
0: Know? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like a childlike aura. Yeah, so
1: you can be stuck in that childlike thing. You know what I mean? There's a potential. It's like um, uh, Daniel Radcliffe after Harry Potter. He did Equus uh, on the West End. Fully oh. naked, right? Yeah, right. Ah. That was as soon as I think it was his main first big job after yeah. Harry Potter, and that was a great move by him. By his agent, too, I'm sure. Was that um, on purpose? Well, I think I, I, it seems like it was very well planned. I mean, it's a great play, so why not? I think mm-hmm. it's perfect to be in it. But to go from Harry Potter, everyone's favorite, all over America as well. Yeah, and yeah. The little boy, you know, Pops, little. Ah. Brother, and he's like, you know, the little wizard boy. And then he was Equus, where he's, you know, this a very.
0: Full frontal uh, nudity. Yeah, a
1: very challenging character. To yeah, play. of course. That just made everyone's image just go. Gotcha. Snap, you know? So it's like shedding the I mean, shedding the,
0: tra- the child so yeah, that you yeah, have drop a it. Yeah, yeah.
1: drop it. And I think her uh, having that sex scene, I think that was great. I think that was a really good move for her career and, and I mean it worked great with the narrative. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was awesome. She's grown up. She is grown yeah. up, I has grown up. And then yeah, I think that's important to not because if you what, seven years or something in this role you know you don't want to be that
0: you don't want to be trapped in that role but i wonder whether the the writers and producers kind of had a a a sense that this is where her character was going or whether she had a particular request that you know by the end of this show i want to be seen as yeah seen as growing up yeah yeah maybe
1: maybe she did
0: who knows? Who knows? Well, all I know is that you know she's gone on now to do some amazing things outside of the the, the film and TV space because you know she's got the influence now, and mm. so like she's got a lot of um, projects in front of her that aren't film related, aren't TV related. Mm. But I think that's that's such empowering. You know, if you were an actor twenty years ago and you were in the the world's biggest TV show, there's not a lot of way to capture that value and to redistribute it later on apart from being in another TV show, another this. But oh, like have...
1: Ronald Reagan just
0: became president. Well, of okay, the TV. so there's certain ways, but like essentially with social media. Uh, you know she's used that so well that now her social media influence allows her to open up so many other doors for other projects and you know her company Daisy which is obviously going to be you know a whole different ball game to to TV and film but but how cool is that man so
1: cool yeah of course that's that's, that's what it allows you to do I mean you get hell bent on acting and that's all you're going to ever do then I think and this was my thinking anyway you need to just laser all the way get to a a place and don't plateau but get to a place where you're safe you got to be cranking yeah the, yeah yeah. you got to get to a certain standard so then you can assess your situation and if you go to a standard like being on a, a show like that then you get you, you know you got leeway you yeah know, yeah you've of got course slack to to do things to do other things but if you're going to be a freelance creative in any form you just got to go all the way all in and then get somewhere you know make ground and then you can then you've got that freedom which is sick
0: I love it. So, cool. so look, Corin, did you train anywhere? Are you like a a, a drama school boy, or you, uh, what? What did you do to to get into in acting?
1: Manchester. It was good crack, and then yep. I also trained with um,
0: David Johnson, who is uh, a genius, fantastic. David Johnson, acting coach. Oh, fantastic! So, so you've done a lot of um, training. Then, what's it like um, training in in the acting world? Is it? I'm I'm imagining it's just a lot of improv and different yeah, roles. Nice. different
1: stuff. There's loads. I, th- I feel though, that for me anyway, and this is not to say any other people's path is any, you know, more or less. Anyway, for me, learning on set is it, man. Like you can't, you can't act unless you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so wanky. That. No, no, you, no got, you have to have experience, you right? To have life experiences. You got to do stuff. Yeah. So just go do stuff, and then that is like you know, being being student shorts, and then get slightly better shorts, and then. You know get just always moving up but don't I, I wouldn't say no to any. like now it's just if a script's good i'm in because I, I i love doing it yeah you know yeah. what i mean and that's where you learn that's where being on these like tiny sets bigger sets whatever being an essay as well that's what I, I, like
0: uh, an I, extra right
1: yeah being an extra I, I loved doing that when i was like 16 17 18 it was great because i got to go on huge sets that i, I wasn't too i wasn't serious enough about my career i wasn't
0: I mean, what 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 exactly have you been in as as an extra? Anything that we know? I can't talk about that. You can't talk about it. No, no, no. Oh, you don't you don't you want people to, to know you're an extra. No, you have to fire me. You oh fire me dear. Yeah. Well, this is it because obviously all the films you do and stuff, you have an IMDb page, you have a Spotify page. Spotify. Um, uh, sorry, what do you call it? Spotlight. Spotlight that's the one. Sorry, I mean i have worked with a casting agent, man. I couldn't couldn't be bothered to uh, talk to a hundred of you a day. Um, but like you know, you're always looking for the bigger project, always looking for that next project. What's going to be the next on your horizons then?
1: Um, oh, I mean, what's actually what I've actually got but...
0: Yeah, what would what would your ideal job be, man? What do you want to act in?
1: Ah, uh, I'd love to just be in. Um, uh, I don't know. A series would be nice. Is it to... important to know though? No, I mean because everything, every job I've done, I wasn't like, I wasn't expecting any job, because you only know about anything when you hear it, but you know what I mean, you just you hear about it and then it's part of your life and then, oh shit, I want that, i mm. be in that I'd like to do that, I mean I'd love to, uh, I'd love to just be in a, a long running series, somewhere I can really have a good character and then actually get invested in it because, you know, on stage it's great getting into a character and you got the live audience and then for a short, you know it, it, it's good, it, and of course you can enjoy it, and sometimes it's nice to only do a couple of days feature same thing you can get more into it but if you've got a lead character on a long series like a, a couple of seasons man you could just you could it'd be incredible with good writing as well yeah of like course different directors coming in and out like i'm reading brian cranston's autobiography i don't really read autobiographies but someone told me this one was good and michael Caine's which i just bought as a... oh wow but it's a life in parts it's called and obviously now and now it's just got on to him getting walter
0: white Ah, oh, oh, so Malcolm in the Middle guy.
1: Yeah, Brian Cranston. Ah,
0: John, I didn't, it didn't, didn't, didn't come to my memory. So what? Um, I mean, what did, what did he start out like? How was, how was Brian's he career was, going? He was
1: cracking on. I mean, he was going to be a copper when he was a kid, and then he rode around America on his bikes with, for two years with his brother. Decided acting, and then part in a soap, and then just keep different part always guest roles for like what fifteen, twenty years. Then he got Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Seven years on that, and then it was a, a couple years after I think. That he just got, um, he got offered this part from, well, no, not offered the part, an audition, because Vince Gilligan directed one of his, um, directed one of his um, X Files. He was in an X Files as a guest star, ah. and so Vince remembered him, and he was writing his new show Breaking Bad, brought him on as a, for an audition, and
0: there you go. What do you, there what do you, what do you think his secret source is, though, mate? What's, what's, what is it about him that that makes him so successful?
1: I mean. Only, you can only ever act, really, if, you're, if you can act. You've got to be a natural from that, and he is amazing, just inside. is He's amazing, his talent's mm. amazing, but the guy works so hard that you can just see it. I don't think he even... Uh, he talks about it a little bit, but he's just he's just so... uh What's the word? Well, he's, uh, he's, he's in-depth,
0: right? He, he goes deep.
1: Yeah, no, he's dedicated, but he's not just dedicated to, like... He's just dedicated to the craft. If he gets a part... It sounds like he just breaks it down all day, all night. That's all he cares about. He'll yeah, and and of course, you know, you got to do that. And I do. People I know do. But he has done that for decades hmm. now. And then he bagged Breaking Bad. And the, all of this hard work, all of this discipline. That's the word I was looking for. So mm, discipline. Yeah. That's what you got. Key word with, here, man. Discipline. Yeah, you got to have discipline. You have discipline. You yeah. got talent and discipline, and then you just. Work all day, all night until until you get somewhere, and that's it. Just that's gotta it. Work, work, work. Yeah. I, discipline and energy.
0: And I think the thing about having that discipline is it is that you know if you like you said earlier on in the interview, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you know then you're never gonna have that discipline to to keep yeah, failing. Okay. You know, you, you'll burn out. You'll, you, I mean not
1: burn out, but you will lose the energy. You'll lose the yeah, time. yeah. You can have discipline all day and night, but if you, if you don't love it in the end, then you're
0: just do you ever get really pissed off, like, you know, when, when you don't get a role, you know, because you you obviously have to go to auditions and, you know, you go in there, you learn the script, and the next thing you know, you find out someone else got it. Yeah. How do you feel, or how do you deal with that kind of rejection?
1: It's hard, I mean, it's always hard, because you always think that you're the guy. Like, there's no, there's never been a part that I've been given where I'm not, like, that is so me. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is absolutely my part. There's no one else could play it. Yeah. And I'm just like, just That, that is it. That's me. That's me. So then, um, if it doesn't go my way, it's just like, oh what? What? As if. And, and and it used to. It's got a lot easier. I remember like last this time last year, I was up for what was going to be a really probably one of the best best things I've ever done in terms of exposure. It was a good script. It was nice. It was on um, you know prime time. Wow. And um, it came down to me. It was a supporting role, but it was it came down to me and another guy. And for whatever reason, it didn't go on, but like two recalls. And then I think from from the first. Oh, are so teasing you. Yeah, man, well, for the first audition, they were just making decisions. But from the first audition when it was down in Portobello Road to the final, when I finally heard, was about six weeks, four, six weeks. Oh,
0: Christ. That's a long time to be yeah. waiting and, yeah, and just and to.
1: Go in and, maybe three or four times sending different bids, changing accents based on the new and, and,
0: and why well what are they asking you to do
1: well the, the brief of the character changed at one point for the final one it was like oh he's changed now different accent um and so i had to re, yeah wow go in at that in a different way which is i'm game for you know i was excited because i was still being considered yeah. kept checking in and then when that didn't go my way and as i say it was like me and another guy apparently and some people were on board with me, some people weren't. Some people were on board with him. Some people, yeah. You know,
0: so, so, look, what, what do you do to, 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 to fight back, to, to get back up on that horse?
1: You just, just, I mean, that, that was my first big, like, you know, that was a, like, that was a big blow for me because I was so excited for it. It was great for the role, I know. It was. And you get excited, man. Oh, I get excited! I get excited about bloody sunsets, mate. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, someone tells me that there's a potential role in anything. I'm. And frothing at the mouth, time, always. And then it's good because I, you know, even if it, you know if it doesn't go my way, it's it's fine because I just get excited again like like two seconds about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just stay focused on that instead. And that's what you do. You just sometimes you can wallow when something doesn't go your way, and that is, and you feel sorry for yourself really. But you're just being a little, you know, it's it's, it's not good. You are you're being you're self-serving. You're mm. being sorry for yourself, and you being selfish as well. Because you got shit to do. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. you got yeah. shit to do,
1: and people, to, people who rely on you always. And so you just got to lick your wounds quickly and get back on it, you know what I mean? Send some more emails, go yeah. for another meeting, shoot something yourself. Like get this. back on the horse. So yeah, you know what, the, those Insta videos, I use them as just therapy. Yeah, like yeah. I was dead sad a, a, a couple of weeks ago. And um, I just I just chose a sad script. I, I, I do I'm having to you, and I was just like, I was, I was really upset for days. And acting makes me happy always, and it keeps me occupied, and I can put days into it, weeks. And I was there, feeling sorry myself, super sad. Come back from Glasgow as well as so I got the blues. Oh God, and, then, and the hangover. Yeah, yeah, I don't get hangovers actually. But, um, uh, so I was like, I, I just needed to do something, so I just got a script that was that was about uh, you know like a. It was it was similar. The, the themes were similar, and perform that and mate, the tears are you know, I did about ten takes and that was just that was just me on my own. Did like having therapy really because I was just crying about what is actually on in my head whilst doing it through the script of I think it
0: was broke mountain <laughs> oh christ well look, i mean is an so look so without um like without trying to take a a, a quick detour you um you, I'm going on from fucking time to no time. no no it's good man i mean i'm i'm really interested to, to find out more about the audition process because you know the, the phrase you know you know can you ride a horse yes i can ride a horse i mean you i know you can ride a horse i've seen you ride horses but do you ever get um, a moment where a producer or a director says to you oh corin can you play the flute and you know you're a bit like um i can learn but i know that if if i don't say yes you know I'm, i might not be considered for it
1: i and uh no one looked too far into this but uh man, anyone could do anything like of course if, if, <laughs> if i'm playing if i'm gonna be hell
0: bent, yeah, i love it
1: look if i'm go, if I was gonna play mozart and then they say oh you can play the piano i wouldn't say you know i wouldn't be like I, I would know, you, you know when the limit is. But you, you put in the well, time a, as well, right? I'm a freaking, I, can, I can get stuff done. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. and I've not done it in a while or I've never done it. Yeah, I can do it. Just, but isn't so that go, the, the then I'll go start doing
0: it. That's the joy of being an actor is that, you know, you kind of almost get to learn know, skills yeah, yeah, yeah. As, a, as a job, you know, whether you're doing a Kung Fu movie or you're doing a movie where you have to be absolutely shredded. It's like you'll go away and you'll become that person and then you will forever have those skills and those lessons, right?
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean that—that is—that is a really nice point. I mean, there'll be some actors out there. Probably Tom Cruise is another a good example. Yeah, that, yeah. Because he's done so many bloody action films. Like, absolutely, I, yeah. The, the amount of skills that guy. Oh, like,
0: he's a stunt man, man, all over. He's an absolute brilliant stunt man. And he's obviously, you know, he, he's developed exactly. that over a long time. So what we have to do then is we got to we got to write a role for you as a billionaire, mm-hmm. and then you'll work out how to be a billionaire, <laughs> and uh, and then we can just um, <laughs> fund so cool. our own projects, Yeah, yeah, I like it, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, how do you get into character? Do you ever go and find real case studies or, you know, yeah, real people? Yeah. How do you approach that?
1: Um, well, I mean, if you're actually doing a biopic, which I've not, no, I've not really done. I've done some, like, reconstruction crime show. Ooh, which is good like yeah. Crime Stoppers. Oh, yeah, do you know what I love? Oh, God, I love Banged Up Abroad.
0: Oh.
1: Such a good show, man. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Did, did one... Um, and it was such a sweet job out of nowhere. Looked like a drug smuggler, a real no, <laughs> you know, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy. So he got the part, and he's a good actor. And then bang, he was off to like I think Brazil for three weeks. There you go. Hotel, pretending to be a drug smuggler, no dialogue because that's not what you know. Yeah, yeah, reenactments, <laughs> right? So they're just like It's such a sweet deal. A like, deep voiceover, you yeah, know? Yeah, no, because the real guy, you know, the classic spoiler alert for every episode of Bang Up Abroad, and they zoom out. And then they're
0: still in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's that it's the real guy's voice, and my mate was just banging around the beaches, Sao Paulo, and all that. Just, Amazing. You know, pretending to be this drug dealer, and that's what I, was, I mean. Yeah, that's the life, isn't it's it? A and sweet job. I mean,
0: you've got a lot of friends in the acting world, right? And and obviously, is it hard to see some friends doing super well? You know, when they when they get their their big break, you, you know, do you ever feel like you know when is my time?
1: No, man. I mean, I've always. And that's it. you got to have this, you have this, a uh, jealousy, but it's not like, you know, it's not like this horrible, like, bitter envy, but it's just that, I, like I said, like, when I think I'm perfect for every role, I want to be every role, I want to be every part, I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I see someone doing it, I'm like, oh, God, fuck! I want to do it. Yeah, but they're friends, and even all actors, you know, I'm happy for them. They, 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 they obviously deserve it. Even if someone gets the part that I was up for, it's like, so be it, man. Good show. on you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course. I see some of my friends that are absolutely killing it. Like, shout out to Lucy Arden. Who,
0: Lucy Arden, eh?
1: Lucy Arden, mate. She's One to watch. Oh, big time. We've already watched her. That's how good whoa, whoa, whoa. What's she is. What's she done? Mate, you've seen her in Hannah. You've seen her in. Death oh, amazing. Well. You've wow. seen her in uh, the third Death Race, I believe.
0: Wow, but but look, I mean it sounds like you've got a lot of good influences around you and uh, you know, I think we've spoken about the idea about surrounding yourself with, you know, five people who you want to be most like in the in the, the effort to to, you know, to, to have their, their sort of charisma and their passion to rub off on you. Um, so who are you hanging around with exactly? Is it just um, actors? Do you hang around with filmmakers?
1: Yeah, man, that's that's it. I hang around with filmmakers and actors mostly. Yeah. And then I got my you know, i got my guys back home of course, they're my old school mates. But uh, if I'm about in the city or if I'm from in London, like, I mean, we
0: hang. We do hang. We we hang, we hang quite and a we lot. And... To
1: break the, uh, we broke the ball. No,
0: and, no, 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 listen, like, you know, hang. The important thing is that we we've known each other for about seven years. I'm going to say seven years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to Manchester 2010. I think I met you in 2012. But I think, you know, the reason why we get on so well is because, you know, as we were saying early on in the interview there, there's roles that I can put you in that I just don't have to worry about you complaining because, you know, you, you love it so much. I do remember one uh, time we went up to Lake District to film a film about a, a homeless man who lives in a forest he's a bit of a bear grills and you know he he lives and works and and does everything in this very like native caveman way and of course i said to you okay Corin silver we need to get you bathing in this lake and it's probably november time and the water must have been minus something but you stripped down fully naked you know on camera and you went for a swim in this lake in the lake district and you know it
1: was a glacial river or whatever that was was
0: that water was so cold mm-hmm. and I was filming you from all these different angles and in honestly the only thing that, that made us uh, stop the you know the multiple takes was that I think the, well the assistant director was like yeah Cam uh, that's your last take and I'm like what what do you mean it's my last take he's my friend like, like, he'll do it right uh, <laughs> I
1: would have done one more but I swear to God when I finally got out of there, put the foil blanket a foil blanket towel like quilt
0: uh, Yeah, well, we, we took care of you man right we took care it's of you it's
1: so weird when you're in the cold water like that you get out and then you go hot. It's it's weird. You yeah. actually go warm instead of cold, and then your whole body's like red hot, and you're like, "What's going on?" And then I felt like I was just going to keel over. <laughs> like it was it was really crazy. It was good. Well,
0: look, you're, you've got a massive amount of commitment to your your craft, and 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 I know that because of all these many many times. Has there been any other um, challenging times in your career where someone's asked you to do something on camera that you're maybe not so happy about? Um. um no. I
1: don't <laughs> I mean, but it's not that I'm not happy about them. You know, I just need to. If something it sounds a bit like it's a bit crazy or, or it's different, it's not just a shot, reverse shot. You know, chatting. Uh, it's whatever. It's extreme in any sense. Mm-hmm. Then, as long as it, I can understand why it is happening. Then I'm, I can, I'll do anything. You know, what I mean, like if that's what the character would do, if that's what they would do in that situation, then that's what I'll do. That's it. Absolutely. Like, I mean, a show I was in. Pizza the league. Uh stage show with a friend of mine, Rishi, Rishi Pelham.
0: Oh, shout out to Rishi Pelham.
1: Shout out to Rishi Pelham. What a guy. What a guy. Hilda, rain dance. 2019 coming up yeah official selection but
0: i mean pizza delete that was one of the first times i saw you on stage as well yeah. and uh and i yeah, first time i met rishi pelham then and and i i figured he was quite a an eccentric introvert <laughs> yeah. he um he's a fantastic writer and director and i believe the the for the whole show you were pretty much naked not
1: for the whole show man at
0: least 50% of the no, the the, the no, show no, no, you were man. naked
1: no no no, no. And also spoilers. I don't want to go too many away. We might do it again one day. Well, no. it's just, it was right, So it was. It had incredibly dark themes that were realised. If you know what I mean, they weren't. He didn't shy away from anything, and that took a lot of heat from that. But you know, it's, it's, it's truth. It's based on two stories. A lot of it is, uh, is built together from different things that Rishi knows, and you know, it's all his story. He brought me in. But yeah, in in that there is nudity and there is horrific horrific scenes uh, of abuse and whatnot and that at first when he told me I was just like fucking hell like that's when he, he told yeah. me like, he give me the part where he said this happens and I had to just have like a drink and like I remember we were up in Manchester and I was just like thinking about it like 10 minutes because I've never been naked on stage and uh, yeah we did it and then <laughs> I said yes and he got me on board and then that's it when you start to work out the character and I understood the character Heath I realised that this is it is it has to happen like this. It has to go down like this. And Yasmin there was amazing. Yasmin Alkadiri, brilliant. And um, yeah, yeah. When, when it finally came down to it, also yeah. When it did, <laughs> when it happened on the first show. And um, I don't want to give it away again, but I was there, naked, and no one was expecting it. A curtain was pulled down. There's me in the dark in this horrible situation, with my.
0: With your your Willie hanging out, do I I remember. My,
1: mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister
0: were on the front. I was sat next. I was actually behind your mum and dad and sister at the time. And they didn't tell them what was going to happen. They didn't. They, they don't. I don't think your mum and dad had a, a clue what was going to go on. I didn't have a clue what was going to go on. And when when I saw you perform on that show, Pizza Leak, and I saw you know the particular scene that you're talking about where you are naked, um, you know it was tough, and not not because of the fact you're naked. Genuinely, your performance was it was quite horrific in terms of like, you know, what you we were doing and then, you know, without giving anything away too much, it it, it ends uh, on a real, uh, I mean, it's just a shock and awe, right? Yeah, it's, and it's it's hard because as soon as it ends, everyone's then like, well, what do we do now? You know, and I think it, and, and it is about sexual abuse and I think that is a, a theme that Rishi, the director, wanted to really shine a, a spotlight on and that meant that as soon as the show had finished, we would just start talking about Well, I didn't start talking at all. I was so shocked that I didn't say anything. I remember you coming out after getting changed and everything and saying to me, Cam, this is my mum, my dad, my sister. I didn't say anything. I was just like, I can't, I can't, I can't talk because, you know, I was so shocked at what I've just seen. And that's Rishi for you, right, man? Yeah, yeah, of course. He's a writer like no other, mate. He's
1: brilliant. And and then that's it. Like, it it sounds weird, but at the end of the day, I'm an actor, right? And... As heavy as that was, that whole, that whole experience was really heavy. And we did it again in, at the Fringe, and we did it for a longer time. By the end of that, man, I was I, I, after every performance, I was just like, I couldn't speak to anyone for about an hour and a half, two hours. I was just there, like, drinking just on my own, because I was getting in this head space of this guy so much that it, it rubs off. And But then even through all that and through the themes and these huge talks that we had with audience members, which was amazing, people stayed in, like, groups of, like, 10 strangers that watch the show and we go for drinks with them and stuff mm. just talk all night and it was amazing and um, but even through that I loved doing it you know what I mean and yeah of course it. you play someone at this the caliber you get this that you go that into someone and it's not me so it's still I love it it's still a massive thrill to play these abhorrent guys,
0: you know what I mean? Like, it, well, you did it well, you did it well. And and of course, you know, um, so just kind of segment, segmenting, seg- segmenting, segueing. Segway. We'll segue into to another thing now, because for actors, I believe that um, Shakespeare is like Marmite, you know, it's like a love-hate relationship. A lot of actors try and stay away from Shakespeare. Um, a lot of, you know, drama schools will, will want them to do something like that. What's your experience of um, doing Shakespeare?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's the guy, I eh? mean, obviously, He's the guy, man. He's the G. He's the, he's the dude. Um, and yeah, he's incredible. Of course, all of his work is. Some, I, but know, but do you
0: do you things. find it tough to to do work that is so old and and you know like I mean it's not old in a bad way but obviously it's just it's timeless, man. Yeah.
1: What I've never done is perform Shakespeare with uh, pentameter with the with the rhythm of how it is written, which is what they do at the um, at the Globe and stuff. Well, the RSC do. Um, And I've never done it like that. And to me, that doesn't, I don't know, I don't, I I would never do it like that. I mean, if I was in a bloody RSC show, don't write me off, I'm game. (laughs) Uh, And I'll learn, I'll do it right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. For me, his words are incredible. And the reason people still read it is because it's still actually extremely useful. Mm. its, It's romance, it's true, it's love and tragedy. And they, everything he talks about, everything he writes down, it still rings true massively. It's so universal and so incredibly written. That people still research it and perform it mm-hmm. every single day in every town in this country and in all over the place, like. But um, for me, it's that pentameter that that keeps it separate from people because people see it and they don't understand what's going on because the rhythm of the speech is not modern day, even though the words you know some of them aren't modern day either. But I, I, I like I like to perform it with a with a modern sensibility, with a modern twist. But I mean, it's not twist. Everyone does it. how
0: do you put your twist on it because that's that's like i mean we've done a bit of shakespeare together and um you know seeing you do that was was really inspiring because i think because we were filming it right we were filming it so it was much more about blocking and making sure that you hit your points um but like how are you going to reinvent something that is so old
1: yeah it's not about reinventing because you always got to hit the exact words of course you got to hit the script but um it's just understanding if you say that was a soliloquy we did um, you understand the whole piece, um, absolutely in his language, and then I, I like to write down because once you've understood it, you can you can do whatever, and then just write down like da da da, oh, that means this, and mm-hmm. just write the same speech as as as, as you would write it, Did they, and then you perform that. You're not not on film, but you perform that.
0: Uh, so you understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you turn if you turn his text into your text, yeah, yeah, your yeah. version of that text, and then perform that. You perform that in your flow, in your rhythm, and you don't try and, you know, put in pause or you don't try and hit anything in particular. You just hit emotion in the text. And then when you get a feel of that and go back to the original, then you have your own way of doing things, you know? Yeah, because, I, mean? I mean, a lot of these so, words... Do you, know, do you know, Spark notes, everyone knows... Spark. Yeah, 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 of course. They, they do a side-by-side... Because my dad gave me what, a Macbeth when I was a kid, and it was a side-by-side. It was an old book, and now you get them all online. And you get the side-by-side, they do the same thing, and I've used that as well, you, when you can just see. And you perform that one that's like modern dance, mm. nothing Shakespeare, you know, but it's what he's on about. Then when you get a feel of that, you go back into the script itself, and then you give it like, you don't you don't try and hit what they would hit in the...
0: I mean it's tough right because I mean I guess you know I'm a big fan of Shakespeare I think that you know his work has inspired so many storytellers Um, but you know the words are so old that you know you very rarely understand what they mean and so you know I guess part of the benefit of going to you know like a drama school is that they study you know Shakespeare in in such depth and you know maybe the modern remakes of these are tough for people to watch because they don't quite understand the context behind the words and that that's really tough right because you know i don't even think a lot of these words exist anymore in the modern sense
1: some of them do but that, that's it and that's why changing the flow can make you understand it like i
0: can mm. sit i can
1: sit there through i, I don't know all, all of shakespeare's plays i can sit there through one i didn't know didn't know the story of, and it's performed incredibly i'm sure <laughs> by by the rsc i I don't have a fucking clue what's going on yeah yeah yeah. because I can't follow it because the language isn't used as much and they're performing it in this way that goes like da 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 you know but if you perform if you did the same script but you said it like we are talking now like da 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 you know what I mean then you could follow it because Mm. it's the way that language moves in the modern day it's not just about you know you can get the text, but you can't get the
0: flow. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting because a lot of, um, you know, the experiences that you've had on film and, and trying to get into character roles has come with the help of a few people, right? You've always had always. mentors, um, yeah. people in your life. How has mentorship um, kind of helped you in, in your acting career? Yeah, it's
1: so important. you got to get mentors. Like, you just absolutely must because you don't have a fucking clue what's going on like there's no way
0: what, what do you mean my mentors are like
1: just someone who if you're tacked in then it's got to be someone in the industry someone who's been around someone who's you know been around the houses and, and done it before mm. and you can find it and they don't even have to be that old there, there's certain mentors for sure because they'll Hopefully, have some wisdom with age. But mm. A mentor, you know, because you—you've mentored me plenty.
0: I oh, appreciate know. that, man. Well, mate, fucking, likewise, you yeah, know.
1: Yeah, man, you're one of my fucking. Oh, mate. Cornerstones. Mate, you're making my, me cry. Yeah, well, oh, I love and it. And then, you know, John Eccleston, who we're both been mentored by. As yeah, absolutely. What a legend. What a great guy. Amazing, amazing puppeteer, voice artist. He's—he's he's brilliant, and he's just been in the industry for so long that he knows a lot and then David Johnson, my actor coach.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Incredible. The guy's been working professionally for 50 years. Everything he says is Gold. Gold.
0: Well, dude, this is the thing, isn't it? Is that I think mentorship is completely underrated. And I think people need to understand that, you know, everyone's looking for a quick fix for something. Everyone's looking for a way to be successful. But I think without understanding that there are already people out there who have already got what you want. Mm. And that unless if you can offer them something in in return for their time, Mm. then they're happy to work with you and and share their experiences. But it's hard, right? I mean, because how do you even find a mentor? Because is is it right to say you've just stumbled across them? I guess so,
1: but you know, you think you stumble across these things but when what it actually is is that you were out on sets <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like people say you get luckier the harder you work which is true so you gotta
0: put yourself out there basically yeah, yeah.
1: and i'm not saying i'm working solid like hard as fuck all day i'm not i'm not working hard enough well because you're
0: creative right you just well that's it well,
1: got freaking... if you're not on set you just gotta work got when you're up stuff. or up
0: you're down you're down yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that's it
1: but like that's it and so you come across these people when you are in a position to come across people. Mm. You make you find mentors, and you can find mentors in other places. I'm guessing, like you could, a mentor could be uh, someone famous, someone that you've never met. You can get mentored by an actor through his autobiography. You know, like Brian Cranston. He's not mentoring me. Yeah, but I
0: mean, how how are you supposed stuff? to get in touch with people no, like not, that, man? Like,
1: not, yeah, you don't have to get in touch with them. Sometimes I think that you, like, you can be mentored by reading the whole works.
0: Ah, and I see.
1: The way of Kubrick. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. him,
1: always finding out exactly what he did. And then it will feed into your career. Style. It's
0: almost like the collective knowledge of everyone that's ever existed mm-hmm. being in our pocket on our phone is so, now a mentor. I mean, Google's a mentor, right? That, yeah, <laughs> Google's like my mother. you know what I mean? It's okay, Google, say something nice to me. Oh my Is God, I'm like a Russian doll, I've like got lots a, of like layers, more, like. I don't know, she's going to learn my habits more and more, but,
1: organs have
0: layers, ogres ogres have layers. onions, augurs you get it,
1: we both have layers,
0: <laughs> I love it, you know, and I've got all this Google stuff set up in my bedroom, and like, you know, the lights all controlled, Corin, I left you in my room a few weeks ago, uh, for like a week, gave you my keywords away, and uh, I came back, and I said, uh, you know, okay, doodle um turn on all the lights and i just had nothing i felt like such an idiot just talking <laughs> just sh- to no talking to no one just shouting and obviously what it is is that you couldn't figure out how to turn the bloody things off so you just went and switched them off by the wall
1: yeah well, I, plugged, I unplugged everything <laughs> you I said, did
0: uh, and that is and tough a password on it. Oh, oh man it of shit up and you... now google doesn't even listen to me anymore I talk to myself these days. Look, this is interesting as well because I used to live with my business partners who, um, you know, were not, uh, yeah, great guys. But um, you know, they did not want Google listening to the conversations. They were not wanting Google in the house. I don't really care. Oh, okay. uh, I don't care. you know, what it's like. At
1: the end of the day, Google, I've already given you my mole song. So it's like, you know, send me ads. Just don't. Rig elections?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, that that oh, well, not unfortunately, because that's that's the way it's that's the way it is now, isn't it? Is that democracy is now in the hands of the data companies and and the, the marketers who can. Kind of upset we, we're not, but but you know, obviously, knowing that the world has changed and that um, you know, social media technology in general has kind of allowed us to become uh, bigger uh, and and in more places. The the one. What's the the biggest thing that that, that you've done in the last few years that's really helped you either reduce time on doing certain things or you know what's really helped uh,
1: what do you mean technology wise? technology
0: wise yeah what, what apps are you using what what, what tools i
1: guess I, I, just, I mean actually using instagram professionally uh, as, as part of a brand is massive for me. Yeah, yeah yeah and then sending these emails you know i, I guess i just wasn't really using it Effectively at all. You know, I'll be on like Facebook groups. But been... here's
0: the thing, man, you're still very ancient, mate. I, I've seen your your outreach folder where, you know, you've got all of these directors' names and what they've done and, like, you know, all this beautiful work all written on A4. Don't give, don't give my secrets away. Well, no, it's, it's, it's dude, it's, I, i uh, you know, I applaud you for it. You know, you spend a lot of time researching uh, directors producers. You watch their work. You know, you write notes about what you liked about the work. I mean, geez, if you hit me up and I didn't know you saying, Cam, I've seen your work, I Really like this, this, and this. Is there a way for us to work together? I'd be like, yes, absolutely, because you pe- take so much time and put so much dedication to to looking at other people's work, and, and you keep it all in these weird folders that somehow you've kept with you and I not like lost.
1: Paper and pen
0: oh, it drives me nuts, and mate. get on Trello and make a Trello board. Yeah,
1: there's there's. a Trello board too, but you know, I like I like it. I like having writing it down because I get to
0: tick it all. The old school approach, but look, you you do lose a lot of things, right? I, you lose a lot of things you've lost your bag multiple times
1: yeah i lost my bag with my the only copy of the only film i've ever i didn't even finish it but the only film i ever made which you know you know about it and it was on a hard drive and my laptop was in there
0: well the only reason why i know oh, about I it Corin, was because i shot the fucking film yeah, exactly. and i get a phone call from corin silver saying remember that film that we shot a few weeks ago yeah um it's on my hard drive, and that was in my bag, and I've lost my bag. Uh, and I remember thinking, just like, oh, great.
1: Do you know what was great, though? People came through for me on Facebook there.
0: Yeah, I, you did a post, right?
1: I put out a post, put a little picture of like a similar bag and a similar hard drive. Gave them, gave them not the spiel, because it was legit. You
0: know, yeah, 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 help I was, me.
1: I was deep shit.
0: Then you were in bits, man. I yeah. remember you were so emotional.
1: And, and I, put this, I put this post out, and uh, it got like what, like 600 shares or something. And then people were like telling me that they've not got it in different towns, and I'm like, I oh, shared it in this town, shared it in that town. Turned out, a, a florist found it and gave it to a copper. No. And the copper was just sitting on it for a, it was gone for four days. Wow. Which was a hard four days, man. It was so upset. I believe it on buckfast. You've had buckfast.
0: You mean the drink, oh, the yeah. wine? Yeah, I mean the drink. Cheap, cheap wine.
1: Yeah, it's not that cheap. Tony wine. It's wow. Shit. And, and
0: and tell me where exactly did you misplace this bag?
1: I just, I was having a bit of book fast out in the street and I just put it down, maybe smoking a cigarette and I just uh, walked off.
0: You literally and just, and just left you your... took
1: it off, swig, swig, you know, maybe have a slash and then just into the night. Uh,
0: Corrin silver. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, but you found it, right? And you found it through the power of social media. Yeah, so yeah. look, I mean, there's... there's. Someone said I've got it. There's something to that, right? You know, yeah. you put out a post, 600 people share it, and next thing you know, your bag's returned with the movie that we made together, mm. uh, which you were then able to put in for your university. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You're
0: lucky boy. Lucky boy.
1: Lucky so, boy. I have got... I, I, got, I, 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 I I'm a
0: jammy cat sometimes, yeah, but you know, I think that's part of your character, in it, you know, and, and people love you for it, mate. They, they really do. You, you always the, you always the person that, you know, in the darkest moments on, on set, you can always guarantee that Corin's going to be happy, you know, because <laughs> he is. But you know, I often worry about you, Corin, because I often think, well, look, if you're happy all the time, uh, when are you sad?
1: Oh yeah, you know, I get, I get sad, I get sad, but I, I, you know, <laughs> probably not uh, healthy to do emotionally, really, but. Sometimes I get sad, and I'll just, instead of actually dealing with it, I'll just be like, oh, shit, you know, I'll just use this in a film.
0: Ah, uh-huh, so you trivialise your sadness.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get it, and I'll be like, oh, shit. And then, like, like I said with the Insta stories, but I wasn't on set that week. Yeah, 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 So then I was just like, I'll just I'll just try and get rid, and there's things playing on my mind, but I'll just get rid, and I'll try and like that, because then, later, I can have these un- uh, you know unsorted yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. strife that i did I
0: love it I so you you bottle with.
1: it Yeah, you can them bottle it and then you can kind of release it it's good
0: wow it bury, good. It. Bury, yeah, it for, bury it bury it for bury it and save it for repress a rainy day and
1: release repress and release at will
0: interesting yeah. wow you're an emotional guy mate uh, yeah you know. so. but that's what makes you a phenomenal actor and i think actors in general have to have this um you know emotional depth to them that i mean it's a lot of self awareness but it's also a lot of just letting it out right yeah. Like yeah, cr- crying? Cry. Do you cry?
1: Yeah, I cry. Yeah. I, t- I like to. Uh...
0: What What makes you cry?
1: My place I, Loads of things. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's usually.
0: Movies. Movies I mean, make movies, me cry.
1: Movies and girls. mostly Movies and
0: girls. Oh, heart heartbreaker. Heartbreak. Oh. No,
1: heartbreak. You've never hurt anyone. Yeah. Not really. But I mean, I I watch. You know, I'll save it. I'll, that's what that's what I do. And I like to. If I'm gonna cry get on some music, right, some whatever, different different genres, different whatever, and then I'll go on, um, I'll wait for, <laughs> I'll wait for like when I'm on public transport, like the tube, or on the bus, or something like that, and I don't know why, public transport's just a great place to do it, yeah, yeah. or even in public, just walking down like a busy road, because you feel like, <laughs> I've, I've tried to work this out, it's because you feel like you're not alone, but also, no one's going to bother you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're, you're not. If you did it on, in your bedroom alone, it's kind of sad. It's kind of like. So you
0: you cry and... in public? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Ah, he's a he's a public cryer. But, so... no, no,
1: but I'm not like doing it, in, you know, on the stage in front of everyone. Maybe I'm secretly, Well, I mean, but it's like you just do it in public rather than alone, and it's better because you know if you're really going for it, someone will probably go up to you if you're right.
0: Oh, bless you. Yeah. So are you Sometimes are you you crying so that you can bottle the tears no, and just then?
1: Crying. Sometimes I just cry because like. You know, like if I'm, if all this bottling business that I'm on about, and then something will happen, like I got my laptop stolen. Oh, I know. And then something else happened, and then I, I, I was just going. I was, and it was like that's not a big enough thing to cry about losing your laptop. Not when I was getting a new one anyway. But like,
0: yeah, but I mean the way you lost it, man. Yeah,
1: it's robbed in it. But, robbed
0: on the mega bus. Robbed on the mega bus. I mean, I remember you leaving this place, and uh and, you know, I said see you later, Corinne. and um next thing I know, I get a phone call from you saying that you're. Laptop was taken out of your bag whilst you were riding back from London to Manchester on the 2am Megabus. I was watching
1: the bloody Sopranos I was. I was enjoying the Sopranos, put my bag, put my thing away, clip it, <sighs> back under, my, under my legs, I'm on the back seat. Some bastard goes into it, slides it from under my legs, unclips, slots it out, clips it back, puts it back. Also it takes my charger, which was a fucking... That was so
0: awesome someone saw you, you on your laptop on the Megabus yeah. and obviously when you Big finished... Sopranos fan, obviously. You finish watching the Sopranos, obviously. Well,
1: I mean that's the
0: second run. Yeah, and then you close your laptop, you put it in your bag, and next thing you know, you wake up in Manchester and your laptop's not in your bag anymore. Bloody hell. Shout out to Megabus. Mm. Gotta improve your your yeah, security. Yeah. Uh, I mean I don't know how you're supposed to improve that really. That's a, that's a bit of a shame. But you know, there's a you've
1: got a camera and you're not allowed to look at it, only the police are allowed to look at it and the police obviously don't give a shit. Oh, did you speak to them then? You... Yeah, man, yeah. yeah, what and how did they and deal with like, it? Oh no, we can't look at it until the police ask for it. So obviously I called the police and they were like, we're not,
0: gonna... yeah, we're not gonna get
1: through to that. And I'm like, obviously not.
0: But it was obviously the person in front of you or behind you or yeah, the side I mean, of you, right? Yeah, it was the
1: guy side
0: of me yeah. Jesus Christ. Well look, I'm sorry about that, mate. You know, I mean like losing your laptop on a on a public transport as is as I have
1: my... Soul. Heart and, soul, soul. and
0: I guess a flip side is that all of those those books you have of all your contacts, at least they're not going to steal them, right? So you did have, you know, all of your work the next day that's still true. in paper form. I did. I did. So that's why notes are good. And I
1: cracked on with my phone. My, you did? On my email
0: app. You did? I'm
1: arrested wicked...
0: Well, look, I think this is amazing, man. Because, like, you know, you've got a lot of fire in your belly, and and I and I'm yeah proud to know you, mate. You you inspire the shit out of me. So look, I want to um, I want to give you a little present because um, you is know it, this, that is? everyone that comes on this show oh, gets what? themselves a present, and um, as I know you
1: you, oh my, you it even says oh my
0: god I oh my god yes, this present is more about something we're gonna do in the future together, as it's uh, a project that I am gonna be turning into a web series at some point. Uh, but just you know. What, Go ahead and open it, man.
1: Look what we got. Okay. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. So, so this island is of, uh, island. the Island of Dread. This is actually about a, a little island called Alderney in the English Channel. Uh, which, the story of- well, this is a story of a young Russian uh, prisoner of war. His name is Georgie... Um, sh- uh, without offending Russian people, I wouldn't want to say it. How, uh, do, you, how do you pronounce it? I think it's Ivanovich. Ivanovich. Kondakov. Kondikov. So Georgie was a young Russian prisoner of war that was brought to Alderney in the Second World War as, uh, you know, to make him that they made him work in the labor camps. They built about 60, 70 uh, bunkers on Alderney, which not a lot of people understand that Alderney was occupied during the Second World War. And this is part of the British uh, territory, right? Um, Alderney, Guernsey, Jersey, uh, all the Channel Islands were occupied by the Nazis. The Nazis saw this as their ultimate defense, um, you know, to create the Atlantic Wall. And not a lot of people understand that a bit of British soil had concentration camps, mm-hmm. you know, on them, and that is something which is remarkable considering I studied history at school and I never heard once and that.
1: people always say the Nazis never landed on the mainland. Do you know what I mean? And they didn't—they never landed in London or Manchester or anything like that. Yeah. But... But the, he was full of English. You know.
0: Absolutely, man. And this is the, the thing is that we're, we're trying to now tell Alderney a story of, you know, Alderney is unique because, you know, during that period of time, there were English people who were having to evacuate the island. In fact, there's a, there's a very good uh, a... a musical play called the island story uh, by a guy called ray parkin who you know it's all about the evacuees on old knee and, and their homecoming so when they came back after the war they saw all these big bunkers they saw these atrocities you know the labor camps they set up i think there was about six uh, you know camps where they brought in prisons of war about six thousand people were on old knee no this island's small it's three by two miles and during that period of time, whatever went on on that island is really un- unknown, yeah. but the people that came back to the island had to deal with all of the, the rubble and the wreckage and, and the looting and all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. they had to rebuild. And so I guess it's it's not a surprise that this story was not brought into the school curriculum, You know, knowing that parts of the UK were occupied by the Germans.
1: You would have brought it in, in Alderney though,
0: you went to school in Alderney, right? No, no, How no, no. Went so I, I went to in school in the, in the UK, UK. I, I grew up between there, there and Alderney you know mainland mainland um but the the real point here is that that because you're
1: all bloody posh and shit doesn't you're really oh. part of the
0: UK right? well well look in all honesty you know like the school in the UK was was a little bit more you know it had a lot more to offer someone like yeah, myself um but I want to tell this story right so I want to tell the story of this young guy called Georgie and uh, the role that I want you to be playing in this is uh, actually the RAF pilot that gets shot down over the beach of Longhi, um in the opening scene. And, and more importantly, the opening episode, because this is gonna be a web series, right? This is gonna be a 12 part, 10 minute long uh, story uh, about this young guy and, and you're going to be basically opening up and I'm not going to tell the audience what's going to happen It, um, But yeah, this is for you because I want you to understand the history of Alderney, the history of what it was like to be a prisoner of war uh, during this period. And homework. yeah, homework, mate. Pal. The project's, are, you know, in development. We're probably going to be cracking on a couple of years. But yeah, I hope you like it, mate.
1: Very nice. I wrote Thank you a man. little note in there as well. Oh, go on.
0: Yeah.
1: Corinne? You're a talented motherfucker and a true best friend. The story is for
0: you,
1: Cam. There you go. Very fucking sweet.
0: There you go. Very nice indeed. Yeah, I mean, it's... And I I want to tell this story mainly because it's a true story. Um, I never see the Channel Islands uh, on TV and film. You see films like Dunkirk and um, the latest uh, film Hurricane by the Battle of Britain. But you never really find out what what went on in these little islands, um, you know because it's it's truly terrifying, man. Some of the stories I've read in this book will will absolutely grip you and and, and move you emotionally um, to the point where I think you'll truly understand, the character that I want you to bring to this—the the shock and horror mainly, mm-hmm. um, because you know, without giving away too much, you know, this RF pilot uh, is shot down over Alderney and has to, um, you know, kind of experience one day on Alderney, uh, where he's going to see things that he never thought were happening on British soil, so. Stay tuned. Uh, the Island of Dread, very good book yeah, to, to uh, do a bit of research on. Yeah, man.
1: it's gonna
0: be good. So look, I mean, we're we're nearly coming to the end of of this podcast. Uh, thank God. No, I mean, look, I, at the end of the day, this is a very interesting time for us both because I think we've both felt the pressures of um, you know of our own work, right? You know, we as we're kind of getting more serious about what we do and and refining our skills more, we're finding more and more opportunities that are, are popping up and. Mm-hmm the harder ones, right? Mm, yeah. You know, things, that are, problems, take, new problems, new things that are going to take new problems, things are going to take a lot more, I guess, you know, I always try and look at problems in the sense of how can I best uh, align my incentives of what I do on a daily basis. Right. And, you know, as a filmmaker, I want to be working with you, you know, going into the future, but mm-hmm. who are you currently looking out for at the moment? What, what filmmakers have, have sparked your interest recently? Oh,
1: geez. Um, oh man, loads i mean i i am <laughs> actually always been terrible with names in all regards but i get i get inspired and get excited like you're saying i get excited just all the time i'll see anything and any little part of it, even a film that i didn't like truly love the parts of it where i'm like oh shit cool and i've always want to be on
0: them yeah, yeah of course you know what
1: I, mean? I i, I want to be part of everything i don't really you know names in particular i don't know i like working with my I got a nice base. I got you. I got Rish. I got like close friends Tom, Joe Simmons, Michael. Like I got these great friends though, great directors, you know what I mean? And they're all set to be special. They're already extremely talented, you all are. And and and, and that's nice. It's nice to be in a base of people that really give a shit. Twins. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's good. Cause yeah. Of course. Of course, I, you know, I meet new people every day. I meet new friends. Uh, well, strangers are just friends you haven't met, I like to think. So it's, it's always good. I don't know. It, it's nice. So I, I get excited daily about everything and
0: uh, like, you're like out. a dog Corin silver aren't we you you're you're an absolute like dog an doesn't matter what happens to you you're always happy to uh yeah to 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 make it, <laughs> it. The
1: no, no, and
0: no. then you cry, cry no. you cry a lot what's um you know what's the 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 films that you would consider up there to be your your favorites what's oh
1: man that's hard best films of all time I can't ever say a number one, I don't think. Okay,
0: give me three films that you'd, you'd have to take into a nuclear bunker if there was ever okay. some kind of disaster. Yeah,
1: I, I'll try it, I'll try it. Goodfellas.
0: Yeah,
1: of course, I, Yeah. 100%. You're talking, I do you know, I'll just watch it the day and i put it up there in my the top ten. Sexy Beast, Jonathan Closers, Sexy Beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, such a good film. Jonathan Glaze is amazing. That's a director I'd love to work with. Yeah. Top of my head. What a guy. Incredible. Everything shout goes. out. Yeah, shout out, Johnny. Hit me up. Um, um, old Boy, the original.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, I, when I ask people about their, like, you know, the films they I'm like, I can tell a lot about you by the, the films you like. And and I know that we've we've done this in the past. We we. Oh. This guy is, oh. you are like the kid in up. You're just always, always happy. Hello.
1: I was when I was back. Hello. I actually look like you're yeah. Russell.
0: Russell. Mm. Russell. What's your favourite line from up? Oh, I don't know. It's
1: not about the lines, you know. It's just it's because it's just beautiful. It's just incredible. Yeah, but yeah. The music's yeah. the best part about it as well. Oh. Not the best part.
0: But it's Pixar, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, they are the best storytellers on earth, right? Mm-hmm. I just actually read a book called uh, Creativity Inc. Is that what it's called? um which is all about how pixar started and and why their ethos has really been you know the secret source to their you know their success and obviously when they got bought by disney how they were going to kind of keep that ethos but it's about the storytelling right because you know pixar are the best storytellers on earth but so what do you think makes a good pixar film
1: oh, i don't know it's got it's got it's something always intangible it's it's got soul They've all, all of them have got soul i don't really like cars Not into the cars series. Not a fan of cars. That's for little kids, you know. It's for little boys mostly. They've got their little cars. You you can't
0: say that Pixar is just for like one age, man. Like everyone loves this stuff.
1: Fuck that. Fucking love Pixar.
0: Yeah, but like, you know, but even cars, man. Like it has elements. I know,
1: and it was good. It was good. Okay. I just don't. Maybe I won't care about cars.
0: The thing is, Pixar always make it a family friendly movie. And there's always these connotations or these references or lines that only really appeal to adults because Mm -hmm. the adults know them. But.
1: Family friendly, Toy Story 3, when they're going down into the the furnace. Holy shit. That was, was like, that, intense. That messed me up, man. That,
0: was... that messed you up, but I don't know if it would mess up kids per se because I don't think they've that's had, what had to I think? Yeah, sure, but they haven't had to wait so long between number 1 and 3 to like build that relationship with the character to the <laughs> point where, you know, they see a lot of doom and gloom these days kids do. But so that's them going into a furnace a bunch of toys probably like, "Oh well, yeah, I know what happens burn." Whereas for us it was like
1: Woody, Woody, oh, what's and happening? That
0: oh man, bastard. yeah, absolutely, How mate. Day. Oh,
1: How dare! A tears. Have you watched
0: four? I've not. Oh mate, I've not seen the it. The
1: that is. Oh god,
0: I'm gonna have to watch it tonight.
1: I think I, I think I was crying about two or three different occasions in Toy Story.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you know, the last time I cried uh, was the, the other night I was watching Rocketman, uh, oh, the Tower uh, Egerton version. Uh, I was actually at Cannes Film Festival when they premiered uh, that and, I, and even though I didn't have tickets to go to the premiere, I saw them all walking and I thought, ah, it's Elton, right? Who, who really cares? But now I, I watched it and, and this film is phenomenal, man. And I know that bi- biopics are big at the moment. You've got a lot of uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and all these kind of, you know, movies going out. But Rocket Man was different. It was like, They had figured out the fact that if we have like a live action um, version of the story of how we wrote the songs and then Mm. seeing them sing the songs, then that's... Okay. It was
1: more like it was in the fantasy of the songs. It was in the world of the songs. I tell
0: you what, it was a bit. It was almost like Bohemian Rhapsody meets La La Land, in the sense that like, and I won't give away too much, but they break into song yeah. at the points when the songs uh, came in his career, and yeah. and it was such a lovely movie because uh, Taron Egerton is probably going to be like the next Brad Pitt, right? Cool, I mean, he already is yeah, up there. He can sing, dance, act. He's you know, charismatic. He's got the uh, you know the ability to do this, and his singing voice was phenomenal. Hmm and that's what carried it you know i know that elton john was very um hands-on with him when it comes down to like there's the music and being able to help him through it all but i cried about five times honestly I, five times i just kept crying and my girlfriend bless her she was also crying so we looked at each other like what's wrong with us you know to... but look this is important man you're an actor can you sing
1: yeah i can
0: sing yeah yeah, yeah. give us a song no. can you dance uh
1: when drunk in, a night out, yeah.
0: can you act yeah. supposed to say yes to all three of those yes things.
1: To all three. <laughs> i you a threat, all right. I love it.
0: I love I'm it. I'm going to act, sing, and
1: I'm going to fucking laugh about
0: that. Yeah? No, you are a good laugh. Hopefully we'll laugh with you, not at you, unless you you're on laugh the screen. i laugh at me too. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're a funny guy, man. I mean, do you lean towards... How am I funny? You're a funny guy, man. I'm like you know. A clown.
1: I'm here to make you laugh. You're here to make funny me laugh.
0: Well, then you're an how actor, man. Are funny about me. <laughs> <laughs> Actors are supposed to bring that, that sense of comedy and joy and, and yeah, humor to, yeah, to humor, a role, everything. right? Well, do you? Everything? I Dude, I mean, Shin, there's this. There's,
1: there no, there's humor in everything. Dude, there's that
0: wasn't a funny film, man. No,
1: it's not about funny. There's humor in every single walk of life. It is, it is. It's just top of my head. The fact, do you know when um, Ray Fiennes is stood on the balcony?
0: yes and yeah, yeah and
1: he's and he's, and he's you, you're respecting this big guy comes out topless puts a rifle over his head and starts going like that you know you're right?
0: absolutely right yeah
1: that's that's humour. that's because otherwise if like it's not funny you don't go <laughs> what's he doing oh mate the
0: holocaust wasn't funny i mean shinder's list literally happened. gave us the you know I'm saying
1: when it comes to acting when it comes to film and performance when you're not it's not real life when it anything performance has to have humor no matter how dark it is people pizza the Luke, Thomas, look, there's humor in that. Yeah, yeah. They're not jokes, but that's not what humor is. No, you no, are absolutely is, right. Humor is the only reason why you carry on through the
0: I think the thing is though is that like with someone like Schindler's List, you have a, an incredible amount of, of preparation and research and you know the I mean Liam Neeson and, and Ray Fines, is that his surname? Um, both of them were I guess undiscovered actors, but when they brought their role or their, their they performance were, They were discovered before. Really? This was, yeah. dude, this was like ninety, what, 98, 96, something like that. I don't, I don't even know when it was, but shouldn't as list as a movie, you know, shed light on the Holocaust. But then, as you said, the, the characters, I mean, Ray's, Ray's character was pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, he plays an overweight SS officer or a camp commandant, and um, there's moments where you, you laugh at him.
1: There you go. Yeah, the moments where, and it's horrific, that's the point, the point that humour has to be in it, the bit where his gun breaks and he's trying to execute someone. And the gun doesn't work that is fucking awful but that's it that's that's humor yeah
0: yeah, that's, yeah. Humor.
1: that's the only reason why it's you can even digest it at all if there was nothing in that it, you could barely, people barely watch it yeah you have to have humor to carry this because people laugh at themselves people are self. and this is just life there's not oh jesus
0: Christ. sorry smash all you want mate it's I cheap
1: you know, people do it. And, when you know, I'm not saying about the context of the film, but in just every single walk of life. The
0: problem know, is, is that it's life. such a, a serious film. And and, and maybe you can... I forget the film. I mean, well, no, but here's the thing. So as an actor, when you're being told that you're going to make a film about the Holocaust and that we want you to to become this character, how do you um, create a character that is slightly humorous or maybe has these different nuances that, that you know, you might be at risk of offending people? Well,
1: well that's it. Well, you just... Always, you're always going to offend people if you're making something that's groundbreaking, but you just always stay true to what your understanding of the character is. Mm. So, uh, you know, the stuff with Ray Vines, the, the character, the real-life guy in this situation, he thinks he's funny. Do you know what I mean? He, he thinks this whole situation's funny. Mm. So you play that true, and it's not funny, objectively. Dude,
0: that must take to a dark place, though, man. Yeah, of course,
1: but it's horrific. But, you know, he doesn't, He is not there. This, this character, this SS guy, he's not thinking... I'm a piece of shit. I'm horrible. I'm yeah, of murderer. course. He's not. He no, no. Fuck. He's, he's an officer drinking brandy, shooting people at will. He thinks it's funny. So you play that true. You play that. You do what you got to do. And then that comes across. Mm. Because that's real life. You know, you don't just be like, I am the villain. I'm black and you're white. That's. A, <laughs> I didn't mean race terms. I mean, like, it's not black and white. Yeah, yeah of course. Everything's fucking gray. Every single part of a person is gray there's nothing that's defined if someone's evil they love the kids you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, if someone's uh, super like you know dead flanders then they might be a howdy neighbor yeah, uh, they, yeah they, they might have some dark ass freaking, like nuance of the character that they don't show anyone else yeah and then that is always so there's never anything that's black or white in humans and characters, of course, because
0: it's just the same thing. We're complex creatures, man. You yeah. know, and, and I think when Spielberg made Shin is this, I don't think he ever um, wanted to make anything that wasn't going to be groundbreaking and just... He
1: makes groundbreaking stuff, man. He's, yeah. he's insane.
0: He's, he's Have you seen uh, Ready Player One? Yeah, I liked it. Oh, I love that film. And I was really surprised about that film because, I mean, again, I cried in that film. I'm a bit of a crier. Um, Which Well, just like, you know, the Act Three, man. Like, you know, it, it, it's always... Because it was Spielberg ending, right? Do you know what well, I mean by that? Like he, he just he knows how to warm an audience up. A just... Well, I don't know, because part of part of me with movies, I get so invested into the plot and the characters that if there is, you know, like we we're talking about Toy Story Three where the toys are going into a furnace. You know, you get this weird sense of build up of that. You know they're not going to die. You know that they're that the characters are going to survive. Were
1: gonna die on Twitter, Twitter.
0: Well, then that's Pixar doing yeah, a real well, good job, then, right? That's it. They,
1: they dragged out that, that couple seconds longer than you thought they would.
0: Have yeah, yeah, out. yeah. yeah. Like so, shot, reverse, shot, yeah. know, yeah, yeah. reverse, shot, reverse. It's like just, just someone Correct. save them right now, Woody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, this is why I love movie making, man. I love to to move people emotionally, and, and I love the fact that you know, actors like yourself are, you know, able to be so true to to the, your craft, and and it's uh, it's a real credit to you, mate. You put a lot of hard work in, and I can't say I could ever do it, you know. But I hope to work with people as talented as well, you. you. Just
1: keep directing, mate.
0: Well, that's it. I like being behind the camera and seeing what what you bring to the the, the performance, which is Me too. which is always Let's interesting, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll definitely stay behind Shuffle the camera for the now. Tripod. Shakalya, shakalya, shakalya. Yeah, nice, Good. nice man. Sweet. So, I mean, look, is there anything else that you want to talk to the world about before we end this lovely podcast?
1: Um, no, I'm not in any position to give some long standing life advice. So, you know, follow me on Instagram,
0: Corin Silver. Silver on Instagram and on Cam Talks. Thank you ever so much, my friend. That'll do.
1: Sweet.